We're starting the world of money and power, and uh, this evening I'm joined uh, by Akona Mlamlele, Portfolio Manager at uh, 274 Investment Managers. Akona, good evening. Maskwam Kela Pag Metro FM Talk. Good evening, Puti. I have a good evening. Did you hear about it? No, I didn't hear about it. Yeah, let's go into Bagwenza Gandoni uh, yeah, in the big world of money and power. Uh, and I want us uh, yeah, to start off uh, out in uh, the province of the Eastern Cape. Kulanda Osifa, like we are now. Very interesting project, I find here. Um, and uh, yeah, reminiscent of the time when Avenge was a very dominant construction player. Uh, yeah, probably, I guess, a shadow of what they used to be. Uh, but uh, there was a very, I guess, controversial uh, stop to this particular project. Um, and of course, you know, always mixed wires, Omnia Uti, Omnia Uchongapa. And uh, this is a project out in Mtendu Bridge, uh, one of the mm-hmm. most scenic parts of this country. Uh, give us some of the context before we get into, I guess, where where we are now and what the latest is on this one. Yeah, so. You know, that part of the world, Akona, there's a lot of, um, I must say, contestations around uh, not just infrastructure, but even mining projects like this um and i always find it find it so interesting that uh you know with all of the lessons we've learned be it our soes be it private sector companies and government over the last you know few decades why do we get this community consultation story so wrong yeah so you're talking about uh, currently yeah and the n2 i think there's an n2 highway as well right um, uh, uh, so the location yes yeah yeah yeah, so community because mm. we know that part of um, the area where we do come from, Ayabonga, is very much dire. The unemployment rates are skyrocketing, as we spoke last month, in excess of 70%. Mm. Um, however, we still need to find a balance in terms of these parties coming together and coming to benefit um, for the community because I think um, a, a large portion may be due to the, the greed um, a, a, on certain individuals, yeah, yeah. Um, be it um, the, the the company that is coming to mine or coming to do the operations, um, and also there needs to be an alignment of interest. And I think that's where the biggest hurdle where we come from in South Africa, because the alignment of interest between the community, community members, and also um, the companies who are current who are currently doing the work or coming to do the work. So um, that that is an ongoing um, challenge that is currently faced. And I think at the essence of it, it requires alignment from these two parties to be able to affect um, operations and to affect employment and to do the groundwork and provide sustainability for these communities at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, so, so I say that in the context of, uh, because I, I guess there's other fights that are happening between Sunral as the you know, co- commissioning entity here or concessionaire, if I can put it that way, uh, or concessioner, and yes, I always mix them up. Um, and the uh, implementing agent at that time, which I think was a Avenge-linked uh, joint venture. Um, and it seems there was, I guess, contestation around why they sort of packed up, took their plant and left, uh, which they were saying was because of disruptions, um, you know, and many of their workers were unsafe. Uh, whereas on the other end, Sunral was saying, well, actually, yeah, that's not a plausible story. There were a lot of things that you could have done to indicate good faith, you didn't, and therefore you breached the contract. And you know we, we're moving on now, and that's why there's a new bid out. Yeah. So as you indicated. Um, yeah, yeah. This this is one of the ones that are, I guess, are always quite concerning um, because I guess on the one hand, you know, we're at a point now where we see an infrastructure-led recovery. If this goes 
further round into the courts. Uh, it might have implications, uh, Akwana one would think, on the adjudication of the bid, the awarding of the contract. Um, and one might argue that work continuing uh, and all of the potential linkages to uh, the tourism, agricultural and other sectors in that part of the world. Yeah, of course. You, you mentioned the tourism projection. Mm, mm. It's, it's always so interesting, I mean, when we think about stories like this, not just for the political contest, but also, uh, you know, uh, I guess for, for the implications it might have. I mean, let's just talk about Avenge for, for a second. I mean, when all of these fights started, um, what we know Avenge as now was, was not Avenge. Yeah, correct. Uh, so Avenge used to be one of the top construction um, companies in South Africa, um, along with other peers who have delisted, um, such as your Group 5 and so forth. Mm. Um, however, um, infrastructure um, development or projects um, over the last um, eight to nine years um, have come under significant pressure. And some of these um, construction companies have had to close shop and have to um, seize business and are currently, and some of them are currently um, under um, operating, um, are not even operating at all. Um, so, Avenge is a company, um, as the CEO indicated in the presentation, the group presentation that they did in, in June of this year, um, that they do want to see the, the company um, do better and also just increase in terms of the projects that do become available, be able to get opportunities in order to increase and also provide some capital to investors, particularly um, bondholders who had and being issued bonds, particularly for the projects such as your Mketu Bridge, mm. um, who are obviously under pressure at the moment, who won't be getting um, the rates that were promised when they were issued those bonds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's shift our attention away from from that project. Very interesting one that uh, we're going to be uh, following quite closely, and it might be worth uh, catching up with our with our friends at Sunral to uh, give us the uh, latest there. African Rainbow Capital. Now you know when these guys put out their numbers. Um, I always say they're updating us on so many different businesses. They're just showing us their very wide tentacles across the entire economy. Anything from Rain to Time Bank to Sunlam to Alexander Forbes, you name it. Yeah, the Ark Fund. Mm. What, what is that? Let, you know, up because I, mm. I always find it interesting. I mean, for for holding companies like this, the measure that they report that intrinsic net asset value. What is that? Yeah, so it's just a composite. They've got um, investments within mm. Pine Bank, and they've got some exposure to Rainbow um, Rain. Sure, um, sorry, sure. um, they also have an allocation in, in the fund to um, Asimat. So it's just a composite return of how that composite um, portfolio did um, as a composite. But mm. they do break it up in terms of how these different investments did, even though there are um, pruning that portfolio and downscaling sure. some of the investments. As you indicated, they do have quite a lot of investments. Um, so there was an increase, um, particularly in that um, intrinsic investment value um, of about 16%. Um, however, they did see a decrease, particularly to the intrinsic um, net asset value, um, which came down quite significantly, um, which was previously last of June 954 and, and came down to 877 um, of June this year. Mm. And this was mainly particularly due to the right issue that the company announced um, in October of 2020, um, which they issued um, a right issue of approximately $750 million, um, which is a right issue which, which was done approximately at about 10% discount to its prevailing market price. So um, these were the, some of the highlights, but I think talking to the portfolio, which I 
we, we obviously talked about in terms of the portfolio return. Mm. Um, so they did make acquisitions um, in the last year. And the most notable one that we have all heard of is the Sunlum. So they bought a 25% economic interest um, in the Sunlum third-party asset management business, um, which has taken Sunlum to be one of the largest um, black-empowered asset managers um, within the South African landscape. And they've also injected a, approximately $505 million into Sion Bank. So they've provided some injection into that business and also communicated that there will be two new international shareholders, mm. particularly to this investment in the portfolio. You know, this, this is quite interesting because I guess if you think about that Sunlum business alongside their investment in pension funds administrator Alexander Forbes um, and, you know, Time Bank and, of course, you know, w- w- what's happening out with Rain. What, what would you say is the golden thread here? I mean, just um, and whether or not that aligns with what they say is their investment philosophy as, as ARC. Yeah, so I think the acquisition that... Mm-hmm. Uh, quite an interesting one here. What do you make of um, some of what they said about rain in particular? I mean, I found that interesting that uh, I guess rain, as, as with many ISPs, one of the beneficiaries of uh, people spending a lot more time at home and uh, having uh, to, uh, I guess, uh, be online for considerable amounts of time. Yeah, so rain makers has seen some very good growth um, and it's a market that they're um, tapping into and they particularly want to grow um, in addition with um, Bayern Bank, where they are currently quite aggressive um, with that investment. Hmm. It's an interesting one. Uh, and uh, I mean, I guess just when you, when you think about this, I mean, just broadly, African Rainbow Capital and uh, the set of numbers that they've put out. Uh, but more importantly, I guess their prospects. Um, I mean... If you look at that balance sheet, uh, potentially, as you said, you know they want to, I guess, rationalize and streamline where their investments are. W- what impact and implications is that going to have for that net asset value number? And more importantly, I guess, the gap between that and that share price. Yeah, so I think in the short term, shareholders um, who do have an um, allocation to um, ARC um, will suffer in the short to medium term um, as they do prune some of the companies which are um, investments which are close to 50%. Um, some of the companies with the option um, are the likes of your metro fiber and some coal mining businesses which they are exiting. Um, so I think in the short term, um, that number will still come under significant pressure. However, I think it's a long-term story, um, as the co-CEO Johansson himself um, indicated this morning, that they just want to allocate capital to um, investments where they see there's um, opportunity and they do have a um, significant runway in, in those investments. Mm-hmm. Let's take a look now as we shift our attention away from that. I mean, uh, I found this story very interesting uh, out in in Bloomberg. The story of Anthony Stimler. Now, he worked uh, until fairly recently, around August 2019, for Glencore. Um, And, uh, yeah, the story leads and says he had two secrets. One is that he paid millions in bribes uh, to uh, African politicians. And the other is that he's now helping a U.S. Justice Department investigation into Glencore and uh, a number of former colleagues of Glencore. Now, we know Glencore as a company um, certainly also has a very strong South African links, um, not only just in terms of operations as a trader, uh, but also uh, one of the CEOs at some stage, Ivan Glassenberg, um, is or was a South African, if I can put it that way, because I don't know by in-downing nationality, I go citizenship, I can go. But also, I mean, they have a very checkered history. I mean, even the guy who started this company, uh, Mark Rich, uh, yeah, isn't uh, I, I, I know about it, it's probably not the most uh, 
Yeah, uh, not the kind of guy you'd see alongside the Pope. Let me put it that way. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it doesn't work. It was mm. just like a movie of what's happening. Sure. It's it just... Like I was wondering, do they have like a series about about all of this stuff? Like ah, yo 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 yo, movie. (laughs) No, definitely, definitely, and it it, and it all relates to um, commodities, particularly in African countries, um, such as Nigeria and Chad and Democratic Republic of Congo. So it's one that we need to watch. um, But the U.S. Justice Department is quite vigorous in the investigations, um, and um, Anthony um, Mm Simla is providing some assistance to the Justice Department. Yeah, I mean, I just also want to get a sense once all of the stuff is public of some of the revelations here, because I, as you say, I think it's the stuff of movies. Um, but what it also makes clear, uh, you know, our corner is, I guess, the responsibility on, on African leaders. I mean, in many cases who are selling our countries down the tubes. Here. I mean, if, if of some countries who sit at levels as far as OPEC, I mean, OPEC sets the price of one of the most critical inputs into the economy, you know, right yeah. up until the foreseeable future. And then you have people who are just willing to go, you know, and sell their sovereignty for, you know, a yacht out in Monaco to go and watch the F1. I'm not sure. Man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the alignment that I talked about earlier on when we were talking about alignment. Mm. Um, it's very much short terministic. Um, there's, I think we've always had a challenge, um, particularly Abandu Amiyama, with regards to the wealth creation, legacy creation, um, mm. where it's all about what I can get now, but what are you actually going to leave um, when you do when you're not here? So it's it's we, we're struggling with that. We're finding that as a challenge. Sure. We're not creating wealth and the legacy for the future generations. We're very much short terministic in our yeah. approach. Hey, but the also it's clear there's companies like this that are rigging the game. I mean. If I think about, you know, this company and there's another fellow, for instance, I just forget his name, Israeli fellow, uh, who, you know, did so many interesting things out in DRC, you know, just because he had influence over some of the people who have been elected there um, to the point where, you know, he made such a killing, this one individual from the minerals of an entire country. And I, and I, and I think th- there's so many other stories you would find that are similar to this that really indicate that. You know, on the one hand, you're right. I think there's we have an intergenerational transfer of wealth problem uh, as black people. But I think there's also another element to it, which is, you know, our relations with those who, are, ha- who yield significant commercial power. Mm. Um, and this idea, you know, I think, I mean, I don't hold any can. I, I don't think I sort of like the political style of uh, uh, Paul Kagame. But what I can tell you, I mean, his ideas around saying there's something wrong fundamentally up in Gondwin. Corner was Limele Corner. Uh, even in our relations, I think, with people who come and say, yeah, I'm going to buy your minerals, I'm going to refine them for you. Um, mm. And I think that is what, in my view, needs to change concurrently with, you know, the short-termism, Mutetanga. Yeah, no, 100%. I totally agree. And then storage. Hey, I found this one interesting. It seems, yeah, 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 they are now uh, making, yeah, a lot of inroads into many of the suburbs there in Cape Town. It seems Abandu have much, much more than what they need, uh, and they put some of that away in storage, uh, and that's created massive demand for storage. Yeah, so storage, um, the property sector, mm. has fared very well compared to sure. the likes of your offices Akwana. and your leisure, which have, are still coming under significant pressure. Akwana, sorry, so, Akwana, sorry to disrupt you there. I want you to pause there for me for a second. We've got a spot break nearing on us. Uh, so I want us to take this break, and then when we come back, we'll continue on that uh, storage. 
It's our wrap of the top business stories uh, on this Tuesday. And uh, Akwana Mlamleli, Portfolio Manager 274 Investment Managers, is my guest this evening. Akwana, before we went to the break, I guess you were saying that, uh, yeah, the big sort of uh, a buoying factor of the uh, storage REITs uh, numbers here came through from uh, the self-storage division and uh, some of the investments uh, that they've made there, but also planning some very, very big things. Yeah, so was not... Um one of the companies that were not suffered, who, who did not suffer, um, uh, sorry, with regards to the unrest. So they did announce mm. an update in terms of the unrest that did take place. So one of their properties, particularly in KZN, was quite significantly impacted. Um, this was particularly the storage waterfall in Guadalupe Natal. Um, however, they are, um, have put a claim with um, Sastria. They've lost their claim with Sastria, and they expect um, that construction to take place um, once the claim has been paid. Mm. Maybe before I let you go, uh, Akwana, that Nedbank tie-up, I, I find, yeah, I find that deal very, very interesting. Um, so Nedbank's, uh, you know, capital division uh, through uh, their property partners unit, uh, yeah, making a foray into uh, some of this, uh, these big developments with storage. And uh, yeah, I mean, what do you make of that? And I guess how common is this uh, for some of us who might not be familiar with the space? No, so I think it's quite a. It's quite common within, uh, particularly within the division, particularly Nedbank Property Partners, who does do de- developments with other, um, be it retail, be it um, residential, um, and be it also um, the office space. However, I think it does provide an opportune um, investment, particularly for, Ned- for Nedbank, because as I indicated earlier on, self-storage is the only listed self-storage property fund in South Africa. So I think it's diversifying its revenue stream and as we know, the office sector has taken quite a beating. And as we all know, as we walk into the malls in South Africa, all various malls, um, the retail space is also quite is under pressure. So um, the likes of your, uh, your growth points, the likes of your attack, which also came out with numbers today, um, mm. are finding it quite challenging. So I think it's a diversified um, business venture that NetBank is entering by partnering up with South Forge yeah. um, because it, it, it is a... It is a sector within the property sector that is that can grow significantly because the self storage is um, the only um, biggest player within the South African landscape. Akwana Mlamlele, always a pleasure catching up with you and Goskakul. Thank you very much, good.